Well, welcome everyone to the latest CMI podcast. This time we're going to talk about who was Cain's wife. Now, I'm Dr. Jonathan Safferty, and with me is Dr. Rob Carter. Welcome. Thanks, Jono. Good to be here. Well, thanks again for your assist here, especially as you're an expert in genetics, and this is going to be very relevant to what we're talking about. But um, this has been a common skeptical objection for quite a while. Uh, Rage is something Christians have never thought of. Um, but what is the actual problem here? Couldn't Cain have just married into one of the other people, groups around the place? What's the problem with that view? This question actually has a lot of background material that uh, maybe we should cover because some people might not be aware of what we're talking about. Okay. Well, the issue is the Bible uh, says Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Cain, of course, was uh, is a murderer of Abel, but also it talks about Cain having children. So whom did he marry? And since the Bible says Adam and Eve are the only people around, it seems to be a contradiction that just a short time later, now all of a sudden Cain's got a wife and he's worried about people are going to kill him because he killed his brother. And so why couldn't there have been other people around, do you think? That's a good question. In fact, this goes way back. This is part of the Scopes Monkey Trial. Mm -hmm. uh, it was famously part of that that terribly inaccurate movie and play called Inherit the Wind. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, modern people, you know, younger people today, they don't ask this question nearly as much. But, you know, back over the decades, this is a question we got asked often. Well, certainly my our predecessors in the creation apologetic were saying this is the most commonly asked question. It's not quite so much in our experience nowadays. But the issue seems to be, well, the Bible talks about Adam as the first man explicitly. Yeah. So then how could Cain have a wife? And Eve was the mother of all living. So clearly there weren't any para-Adamic people, pre-Adamites around. They were the only people. So where did he get his wife from then? What's the answer? Well, the answer... Um, theologically, it's quite simple. He mm -hmm. married his sister or his niece or his grandniece or his great-grandniece, but one of the females around at the time. Oh, but I thought Adam and Eve only had um, Cain and Abel. That's the big issue. The Bible says Adam and Eve had Cain, mm -hmm. then they had Abel, mm -hmm. and then when Adam was 130, mm -hmm. they had a third son named Seth. Yep. Well, that sounds like that's the birth order. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Cain's going to have to wait an awfully long time for a sister to be born, but then he's got a family and he's building a city. Mm -hmm. So the answer actually is is asking the question, how old was Cain when he killed Abel? There was an mm -hmm. article about this. It's on creation.com. Mm -hmm. And so how old was he? Well, the answer is we don't know, but how much time did he have? Right. And also, it says Adam had, and Eve had Seth, but they also had other sons and daughters, which people usually forget about, but it's very clear in Genesis 5, 4, other sons and daughters, and presumably a lot of them were around at the time when Seth was born, do you think? Eve names Seth essentially replacement, mm -hmm. you know, for, for he replaced the son who had died. So he is the first son born after Abel dies. Mm -hmm. But... Cain and Abel could have been up to 130 years old. Wow, that's a long time to have they could a family. Yeah. Great-great-grandparents by then. Whoa. It, I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, Cain, Abel, Seth, and then in some future distant, there's some daughter. But even if that was true, that still wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, so the, the Bible is semi-chronological here, mm -hmm. but we're skipping over centuries of information 
And so it just says, you know, Cain had a wife and they built a city. Well, that could have been two, three, four hundred years later. That's quite a lot of time that people don't seem to realize. But it's also interesting when you look at the history of how Christian apologists throughout the ages have discussed this. They were also well aware that Cain logically had to marry a sister, Theodoret in the 5th century, Bishop of Cyrus, and then much later in the Reformation, Martin Luther said, well, yeah, he married his sister. But then there are usually two main objections to that. There's a moral one and a scientific one. So what's the moral objection to Cain marrying his sister then? Well, incest is illegal. Incest is gross. Incest is, is contrary to the Bible. So why? how could this have happened then? What, what's the issue? How do we solve this problem? Well, what we do is we look in Scripture to see when did incest become illegal? And the answer is the time of Moses, thousands of years after creation. So basically God doesn't make ex post facto law. It couldn't have been sinful until God said it was sinful. Yeah. So why was it okay back in Cain's time but not okay in Moses' time? In fact, it was actually okay in Abraham's time because Abraham married a half-sister. That's right, he did. And God blessed that marriage, right? That's right. And then uh, Jacob married his his two cousins, first cousins. And the Messiah came from that line. That's right. In fact, after that, between Terah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mm -hmm. that family had intermarried three or four generations in a row. My goodness, that's quite startling. Yeah, I mean, only realize that, do they? A shocking amount of inbreeding there. Mm -hmm. Well, we are seeing some issues pop up, though. We are, okay. Because, you know, Sarah. Couldn't have children. Mm. Took a miraculous intervention of God. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca only had two. Mm. And took a long time to have the, those two and, as well. Right? Took a long yeah. time. Of those two, Esau's covered in hair. It's called the Wolfman gene, if you had the modern version of that. Wow, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So he's got an issue there. Um, then we have Leah, who has weak eyes, whatever that means, we don't know, but she's not desirable as a partner. And then her sister, um, Rachel, Rachel dies in her second attempt at childbirth. After a long time getting pregnant the first time. Right? After having struggling to get pregnant the first time. So we're seeing issues pop up here, genetic issues mm, okay. in the Bible. So on a genetic basis, what's actually causing those genetic issues with Inbury? What's the problem today, say, with brother marrying a close relative like a sister? What's, to, a, what's the issue here? Well, today, the human population is carrying millions of what are called deleterious or bad mutations. Which uh, – what's a mutation? It, it's a change in the DNA code. Mm-hmm. So we have this recipe book. It says, here's how to build a person. It's called right. the human genome. Mm-hmm. We each carry two copies of it. And every once in a while, as a mother or a father manufactures a new code for the child, a mistake happens. Right. Okay. A little spelling error, essentially. And they're no big deal, usually, most of them. Why would that be? Because the mutation's only on one of those halves and not on the other, so you've because, got a backup copy, sort Yeah, because God engineered us with a backup copy, which is really, really good sound engineering design principle. Oh, it's redundancy. Yeah, redundancy. Good. That's why mm-hmm. we're still alive. If we only have one copy of the genome, human race would already be extinct. Oh, goodness, that's serious stuff. But because every time something breaks, we have a backup copy, we mm-hmm. keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. Problem is, when you marry someone closer related to you, there's a higher probability that both of you are carrying a mutation and that both of you could pass that mutation to a child. And then they have two copies of the mutation and they're usually not as fit or robust 
or at least we could say a lot of times you can't notice anything, mm-hmm. but when it does appear, the double dose of that mutation will harm the child. And I think we see it in other animals, don't we, like uh, purebred dogs compared to the mongrel bits, as we say in Australia, bits of everything. Uh, and there's a purebred that seem to have these problems, same sort of reasoning, you think. Yeah, purebred animals across the spectrum, doesn't matter what species we're talking about, mm-hmm. they have a lot of problems with mutations. And we have to be very careful looking at the bloodlines, trying to, you know, like they got hip dysplasia out of uh, the German Shepherd. Took a long time, and they, I think they still pop up every once in a while. One of the classic examples of inbreeding is King Carlos II of Spain. Okay. The end of the Spanish <clears throat> Habsburgs. After many, many generations of this family interbreeding, he turn, turned up with two different mutations at the same time. Ooh. He couldn't close his mouth. He couldn't actually chew food. His teeth didn't meet. Oh, gosh. That's and he was uh, mentally not quite there. And his death triggered what's called the War of the Spanish Succession. Oh, that was serious stuff, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, we see inbreeding has actually you know, societal-level impacts here. Wow. But God didn't put a restriction on it until the time of Moses, 1500 B.C., after thousands of years of mutations had accumulated. Right, so you think Cain and Abel and Seth would not have had this problem then? No, there would have been no problem marrying your sister because there's no mutations in the population yet. Just like after the flood, Noah's grandchildren, they would have had to have married each other. There's nobody else around. Mm. And it wasn't a problem, except we do see the lifespan plummet. And you think so? the inbreeding actually had an effect on that lifespan, even that early stage then? Yeah, because there would have been some mutations around. And we would have lost some percentage of the diversity from before the flood on the ark, because it's only you know six people, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their three wives. That's it. That's the rest of humanity. They can't carry every single gene. Then they just start inbreeding like crazy. So but why wouldn't Cain have had many mutations? Why, what would Adam and Eve have had mutations, you think? Because when God created Adam and Eve, he pronounced creation very good. There's, right. no, there's no sin yet in the world. There's no death in the world. There's no suffering in the world. Everything is very good, which means it's perfect. And the mutations are copying mistakes. Yes. And errors. God doesn't make mistakes. That's right. Now, that doesn't mean that Adam and Eve didn't have any genetic diversity, mm. but it does mean they weren't carrying the genes for hereditary blindness or sickle cell anemia mm. or any one of the other uh, great number of mutations that we see in the human population today. And that's something you would have discussed in your uh, previous podcasts uh, with Keith and Halley on Adam and Eve and genetics, right? So if you want to look up you guys on our podcast channel, see the previous podcast on Adam and Eve. So so the issue seems to be Adam and Eve had no mutations at all when they were created. So therefore Cain and Abel probably had none and the sister probably had Behardi and he as well. And so you're saying by the time of Abraham and his family, so it's what, 2,000 years later, you've got problems already surfacing out. Up. Yeah. In fact, the flood 1,600 years later, you've pointed out this huge drop of lifespan because of the forced inbreeding between the six – people who are still breeding after the flood. Uh, so by the time of Moses, you're talking about another 500 years or so. At least, yeah. And then you think this this issue of inbreeding was going to become a problem. Yeah. Well, so, it was already a problem some places. Mm, like we okay. look at Neanderthals. They're scattered across from Spain to Siberia. Wow, it's a long range. Huge yeah. range, and there's never many of them. 
It's only hmm. a few thousand Neanderthals at the most, as the population geneticists have estimated. Okay. But when we look at them, they're the most inbred population we've ever seen. And you can tell from the fossils that this the inbreeding pr- produce some problems then? Yes. And we also can tell from their DNA. Okay. They're carrying a lot of bad mutations, some of which appear in modern humans and cause a disease. Mm, okay. They're also um, – the, their heterozygosity level isn't is – is way down. What does that mean? It means that um, they have a very high likelihood of having two identical pieces of DNA from their mother and their father, which mm. means their mother and their father are closely related. And that means they could also inherit the same mutation from mother and exactly. father. Oopsie, that's not very good. For exactly. Them. So they were getting um, really hammered by this mutation accumulation problem that we're seeing in people today, even though there's 7 billion of us. Mm. It's okay. been a long time for mutations to accumulate in the human population and, and Across the world, we were actually laboring under this problem. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But it wasn't a problem in the garden. Right. So the inbreeding question with Cain is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The where did Cain get his wife question is easily answered scripturally. It, it's actually not a problem. It's just when you just take a you know 10,000 foot view and just skim mm. through Genesis really quickly. Right. You know, oh, wait a minute. What, how'd this happen? How'd this work? But the, the answer is trivial. I must say, I'm struck by how often these atheists or critics bring up a problem and think the Christians have never even thought about it. But then you can go back um, hundreds and even over a thousand years and find that Christian experts have actually already thought about this problem. There's a sort of lack of, of respect for historical precedence um, around, sadly, some parts of the church, but also a lot of the atheist attackers. Yeah, but that's how it works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You throw out an easy question. If the person doesn't know it, it looks like a hard question. Mm, that's true. So the lesson is to be very well prepared as much as you can be. Yes. Study this. Show thyself approved. Right. There you go. And uh, presumably God has produced this law against incest to actually protect us f- yes. to some extent. Yes. It's a, it's a good protection also because – if we were allowed to marry people very closely related, there's some cultures in the world today where first cousin marriages are very common. Right. Um, it would actually have an impact on our health and well-being and our pocketbooks because wow, okay. it would be impacting the, the health systems. In fact, Darwin married a first cousin, if I recall, too. And every one of her brothers and every one of her sisters also married first cousins. Oh, goodness. Really? Very yeah. much. Uh, the yes. Witchwood and, and Darwin families. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And does Scary. that produce any problems that you know of? Um, Darwin lamented the fact that he shouldn't have married his cousin. Oh, he, he regretted yeah, he, it. Okay. He, he talked about um, in animal breeding how close uh, matings are, are – very often bad. Oh, okay, so this problem was known before they even worked out genetics with uh, Gregor Mendel. They actually knew there was still a problem with the close. Yeah, but they did it anyway. One of the reasons to do this, by the way, is just to keep money in the family. Okay. You know, two brothers sit down, hey, your daughter marries my son, and you know their kids inherit the estate. So financially and practically, it makes a lot of sense, but it's just a really bad idea. And hence, with royals as well, doing the same sort of thing, keeping yeah. it in the family. Yeah, so yeah, Darwin had a lot of kids. Some of them died young, though. Yeah, many of them died young. I think only out of the 10 kids, I think only three went on to have kids of their own. So there there is a a Darwin descendant family, but there were a few casualties on the way, it sounds like. Yes. So the summary answer to this is that Cain married his sister. That's unavoidable, but it wasn't. Or niece. But but the niece, where the niece come from, you think? Brother, sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of his brothers married 
one of his sisters, and he could have married a niece. That's that makes all. sense too. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. But you can't escape the brother-sister intermarriage. Must have been an issue. Absolutely has to be true. And as you pointed out, it wasn't an issue morally because God hadn't prohibited it. That's right. And also not an issue biologically because the mutation load was very low right. at the time. But it's an issue now. So, And God has said, don't do it. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, and make sure to tune in for uh, future podcasts, but also uh, look at the related resources that we recommend for further reading. There's also a related podcast on this issue by Dr. Carter on the, on the genetics of Adam and Eve, but also look at some of the related articles below this video. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you.